I think especially for engineers, it's very important to not be too conscious of what others think of you. And because often we, especially when you're young, you're seen as a strange person, but you should actually embrace that. Um, every time people call me nerd, I tell them, oh, that's a huge compliment. That's exactly what I want to be. I want to play with software. I want to build things. I want to, so yes, that's absolutely right. Um, yeah, stand, stand up for yourself and follow your dreams, um, especially as an engineer. Hi there. Welcome back to the Born Design Podcast, a collection of inspiring stories about those who create, build, invent, and engineer new ideas into actual new products. And by the way, they all use SolidWorks. I'm your host, Cliff Benning, and I want to thank you for joining us for this special episode of the Born Design Podcast, What Does Good Design Sound Like? Today, I'm talking with Elfane Stickport, a designer, an acoustics engineer, and a key member of the SolidWorks and Simulia communities. Elfane shares his thoughts on finding your engineering passion, which for him was acoustics. So let's jump right into the interview now. At the moment, I'm working at uh, Manita Advanced Gym Technology, and basically the main CE engineer um, in my company I work for currently and focusing on we, we started off with I came in the company and there was a product and no one could really simulate it and I um, had already for a very long time the idea I want to really grasp this product and um, be able to simulate it make use of it and also uh, use it in simulation instead of just testing all the time. I want to get rid of uh, the trial and error testing. I want to know the background of it. What, what's driving this? Why is this noise coming up? Especially because it was also related to acoustics. That made it even more interesting because every time you hear a car squeal on the road, at least I'm more sensitive to it because, of course, it's my job. Um, you think, oh, wouldn't it be good, great if that did not happen, if it did not disturb the people? And now with electric vehicles as well, it will be even more noticeable when they're zooming around with their spacey uh, sounds because they need to have they need to sound like spaceships. All uh, at least my car does. That's when it drives electric, it sounds like a spaceship. And if you then had this loud squeal in between, it'd be such a mismatch. So, so therefore was driven to get this off the, the mark and actually do this and I didn't know whether I would succeed but I just started it anyway because I want to see if I could do this and luckily my CEO agreed with this and uh, went on board because it was not certain that it would actually be possible and this is how it grew so I created my own job in that regard um, we swapped Great. products out and we got this on the this show on the road and now it's actually lifting off so it's really great to see yeah great to see the success from that yeah well you, you um and, and i saw in the video you've always had a passion or an interest in acoustics where, where did that come from so this is obviously something that's not just uh not just noises bother you but you've always had an interest in acoustics so tell us more about that i've always really i've always been intrigued in music and really love listening i'm from a young age, I, I tried to play an instrument and I quickly came to the realization I'm not someone who should play instruments. I'm someone who should be an active listener. And you need audience as well as musicians. So I thought, well, that's all fit. 
And also in my upbringing, my parents were always listening to classical music. So I have um, a lot of, my background is that we always had classical music running. So I got familiar with that and sounds of instruments and also heard the difference from different um, speakers and quickly came to the realization that bigger loudspeakers sound better than small ones. <laughs> now that's, that trend is moving away a bit, but um, back in the days in the 80s uh, small speakers were really really bad and the larger they were the better they sounded uh, oh yeah i can yeah. i can relate to that yes it was all about the big speakers I, I remember i think i had put like eight speakers in my car because you had to go down the road with everybody listening to your tunes when you were a teenager <laughs> back in the 80s yeah 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 i was not uh, i was too young in the age to be able to drive my car uh, i was not allowed <laughs> to drive a car but at least we could play around and had a record player um stand i got a record player second second third fourth fifth hand probably hands down with some uh, records and that was my first introduction for my having my own music it was really bad music but still i had my <laughs> own music <laughs> and that way um it grew and um, also from my father's always uh, has worked a lot with the cd player and done a lot of the development for the first cd player Oh, really? Ever oh, made. interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm growing up and born in Eindhoven. And the Philips laboratory, uh, the Nut Lab, as it was called, was actually quite big. And that um, there was a major portion of development for the CD player was done there. Oh, interesting. So I, interesting. I actually still have um, one of the first CD players ever built from a test production line uh, standing at home i'm, I'm oh. really proud of it that's, oh that's great that's yeah you should say you that. should send me a picture of that if you if you if you're yeah, if exactly. you want to. yeah 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 that's yeah. great so so i guess your father was an engineer as well then so yeah my, my father is an electronics engineer so he did electronics um and that has been inspiring all of us um, at home to at least me for i always knew from a young age i want to be an engineer and also i've as you hear from many engineers um when we're young four years old and was already um opening up uh, these um cassette players um, to see how the mechanics were working and then overrun them without casing and to the shock and horror from my grandmother that was looking at at that and was like, oh, 220 is open. Yeah, yeah, don't touch that. It's fine. You should just not touch it. That That's a common thing I hear from, uh, yeah. you know, because obviously I talked to a lot of engineers. When they were young, they liked to take things apart and see how they work. So that seems to be a common thread with, with engineers. And they all seem to like Legos as well. So it seems like Legos was a common theme with, with engineers too. Yeah. I must admit that uh, I like my Technics Lego better than my normal Lego. And um, <laughs> I've built many strange walking robots with pneumatics and things like that. I never really stuck to the plan that you got with it. You built it once with a plan and then I was like, oh, I can do lots of other things with this. So, That's great. That's great. So, so did you already know you're going to be an engineer so at that young age or, uh, or be similar to take similar to your father's track or well, what made you decide it? That you're definitely going to be an engineer. It would, I've never really thought of any other career than engineer. I knew it was definitely not going to be an electronics engineer because you never want to do what your dad is. As a young <laughs> age, you will, exactly, no yeah. matter what, you will yeah, not exactly. become like your dad. So that's um, that was certain. And then I um, 
at school, I uh, simply chose all the, uh, we call that the B subjects, uh, you have math B and uh, physics and thing, uh, chemistry. And, uh, the, my problem was that I'm actually still is, I'm interested in everything. Everything technical is just really interesting. And if someone shows you something, that, oh, how does that work? Can I take it apart? Can I understand how it works? So from that perspective, I was always destined to be an engineer. That's and, great. That's great. So, so um, I, I guess you went to university after, uh, after your um, public school or whatever. So, so did you go right into engineering or mechanical or where, where did you start? I started with physics. Um, okay. And then I, during that time, I noticed that physics was not really the direction I want to go. So I actually swapped to mechanical engineering, which was more to my heart and uh, closer to real structures. So therefore I was, um, and that move was absolutely right thing. So I, I studied mechatronics. I really liked the combination of a little bit of electrotechnicals, techniques, we have mechanics, we have software. I really like software programming as well. I've always done that as a hobby uh, on the side as well. And combining that, um, playing around with Linux, building your own server or router when they didn't exist back then yet. Um, so I always had that drive and I found my niche with mechanical engineering, with mechanical structures. That was definitely uh, the part that I liked most. Interesting. So, so, um, so did you ever tie any of the acoustics or sound uh, back into, or, or, or did you just find your first job and move from there or what, um, what made you, uh, what made you decide which path you're going to take? In life, I know it's a tough I, question. Uh, take your time if you need. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. yeah it's, it's a perfect question. I, I believe in, I, I get the feeling at least as far as I see it, it's by coincidences that you end up in places where you think, how did I end up here? But it's awesome to be here. So acoustics was always underneath. I was always listening to music um, and really want to improve my sound system. So I had from a young age the idea, wouldn't it be great if I can build my loudspeaker, can build my amplifier and build my digital analog converter, build that, that whole chain. And I've had that for many, many years that I want to build the whole chain. But that was a bit on the side and I've been working on loudspeakers. But during my study, um, I have a strong connection to the Nordic countries. Uh, aunt of mine lives in Norway, and therefore we've been many times on holiday in Norway when I was young, and I wanted to do want to live once in my life abroad. This is actually something that you need to be very well aware of if you decide that at any point in time that you want to live somewhere else. You need to be prepared that you will never live in your home country anymore. But <laughs> this, this is just a note of warning to people who think the same. It's awesome, but beware. Um, I never worked in the Netherlands anymore after that. So, in, um, so I got my final thesis um, in Sweden. And I had never heard of it. My university had a connection with other universities. I thought, well, I'll just do it, I'll go for it. And that's actually how I also rolled into the automotive. Uh, and this is where I got into contact with uh, brake acoustics and uh, normal acoustics and um, 
also powertrain acoustics and uh, somehow rolled into the role of being an MVH engineer for and simulation done simulations on powertrain components to reduce the noise of them and do measurements as well so that was a great link because I got into the acoustics in the technical way I could have taught myself and um, got some lectures on how to measure acoustics and this way I could of course also use that at home for my loudspeakers and my development right. of those so it was a perfect combination right well I think we fall into where we're passionate right I mean there's so many different engineers but it's great if they can find out where their you know where their passion lies and they can you know there's there's so many different avenues you could take in engineering right um so it's great that you you obviously you know, probably um unconsciously found yourself into a way where you could be working in acoustics yeah well that's great that's interesting so if you could go back and do it again what what advice would you give for young engineers because you've obviously found the path and the um the area where you're very interested right so if you could go back and and talk to 12 or 16 year old Helvane, what would you what what advice would you give him except for not not leaving your home country or something no. <laughs> oh, I, I would actually i still really highly recommend that yeah no no i'm just kidding yeah i'm just taking yeah. account the consequences yeah <laughs> um, but every step if you stay in your home country you might not find the job that you want i would really really advise them um not to stress too much about the here and this might start to sound a bit controversial but okay um not focus too much on the university grade and the demand that you can spell out letter a to b exactly but follow what you dream of and especially as an engineer if you want to build things build them if you um, see um, that you can build something, you have four wheels and a piece of wood and you think, well, I want to make uh, some sort of race car that can be pushed around, build it. Uh, also think of the brake, of course. And I don't want anyone to get hurt of this. <laughs> <laughs> but I forgot the brakes back then and, and that hurts. So, um, but follow that. And also don't be, I think, especially for engineers, it's very important to not be too conscious of what others think of you and because often we especially when you're young you're seen as a strange person but you should actually embrace that um every time people call me nerd i tell them oh that's a huge compliment that's exactly what i want to be i want to play with software i want to build things i want to so yes that's absolutely right um, yes yeah, stand stand up for yourself and follow your dreams um, especially as engineer uh, i i think that's outstanding advice I, I i couldn't agree more yeah i think that's great and that's great and, and i think that that's a common theme we sometimes talk about in this podcast is education and how engineers you know learn differently and, and they really learn much more by doing and make and failing and making mistakes and breaking stuff but that's how you really learn. And uh, um, I, I think it's, you know, instead of learning that, you know, the correct answer on everything as you were mentioning earlier. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's great. Yeah. 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 And in education, I think the, the main important thing is that you learn how to survive work-wise as an engineer in this world, how to do things or to because the, the thing that you learn in the in the school is something that won't exist almost won't exist anymore when you leave school it's true technology that's, that's moves fast and, um 
and to cope with this change and also to make most of that stay curious and be be interested that's I, I agree. You bring up a good point. You said, you know, technology is moving fast. So what do you see as the future of technology, maybe even acoustics and sound? What's, what's, uh, what, what can we see in the future there? We've had a very long time of a plateau, I would call this. You get in any industry, in any progress, you have these plateaus where things be the same for a long time. And all of a sudden you get this spurt because someone invents something new and or a new trend comes up. You see it with the automotive, you see a huge push for um, green environmental topics. I think that these challenges, these things will be sussed out in a couple of years time. Then we know what direction um, it will go. But until then we need to find the way where we want to go. And now we can actually redefine it again not only with mainly in transport, and that's a huge one. Um, energy is another one. And for acoustics itself, I think that there are quite a few ways to, um, you've had a long trend now for making the speaker smaller and uh, success was somewhat there. You can have small speakers that actually sound quite okay. You still go against the laws of physics. You still need to displace the amount of air. But I think that there are a few interesting developments how to make speakers in a different way, in acoustics in different ways. You had the, the setup that you activate by microwaves and only have the, the party hear the sound and uh, outside that you don't hear it. And okay, that was not very safe, but there are, there are multiple ways how to do this. Um, there's no which we have a foil with uh, where they inject bubbles, um, with piezo bubbles, where they get a membrane that you have a highly directional speaker. So I think the, in, oh, in speaker technology, there, there will be a few improvements. Let's see if they make it. This, this is always right. <laughs> right, new right. technology. I, I remember that my father was recommending me to buy an, um, a flat and LCD screen for my computer many years ago before they existed and so i had the problem that i couldn't buy it <laughs> then i had to wait many years before that was available and um, this is when you're cutting edge and you sometimes need to wait very long for the product but hey you can at least be someone creating it exactly so exactly like you're you're hanging out with the the first CD player, so, <laughs> so CD yeah, exactly, player. So, exactly, yeah, so, yeah, exactly, so, exactly. Yeah. For, for me, it was quite normal to have a CD player at home, but but um, what 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 are some other things that you're that you're excited about the the future of design? Definitely, but there's also I think there's a huge opportunity also for um, software developers that create engineering tools to uh, you get. That it's, it's a very difficult balance because you get the systems that interact everything into one system. and But then you get the problem that, as for example, from my point of view, when, when you're working on a tier three level, it's sometimes really hard to get into that, to get, get access to that closed platform. And the, the more close it gets, the harder it will be. But um, it is, of course, Staying, it's probably more related to 
SolidWorks. And actually, we don't use SolidWorks. I quite like the product. That's, uh, That's good. I've, <laughs> I've used it uh, probably longer than Abacus even. I've got taught it at an internship. They forced me to use SolidWorks, and then I was actually quite happy with it. Oh, that's good. Um, so how, how many years have you been using SolidWorks? I, I should have asked it earlier, but it's not. So SolidWorks, uh, let's see, that was 2005. Oh, okay, so you've been on there a while, yeah. Started to use SolidWorks and got in contact with SolidWorks. Good, good. For listening today. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Helvey. Also, if you're looking to join the SolidWorks 3D Experience community, a space where all are welcome to learn, engage, discover, and share knowledge and network with others and the brand, sign up today and start connecting at SolidWorks.com slash 3D Experience Community. That's SolidWorks.com slash 3D Experience Community. We'll be back again soon with more great Born to Design podcast stories at SolidWorks.com slash podcast or wherever podcasts are readily available. Until then, keep innovating. I really hope that what you heard today has inspired you. If you enjoyed it, head on over to iTunes, search for the Born to Design community, and please leave us a five-star review so that this podcast will be recommended to more people, helping us expand the Born to Design community. Thank you.